Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined in studio by... Armani Buckets. There's no one else here, bro. No G. A. Wiley. No Brandon Deutsch. Um, just the two of us, as the old song goes. <laughs> <laughs> it feels strange because right? we're so used to, you know, we talked about a few weeks ago, packed house, like seven or eight people, and now it's the two of us. But There was a couple of shows there where, where we had young students in. We didn't have enough seats. We had your your cousin was here. We Again, we went from a packed studio to just two, two people now. And we might need to update my cousin's Westbrook jersey because it oh. looks like uh, we might be getting him full-time in L.A. now. <sighs> Right? No, I mean, yeah, who a knows? A lot of news. A lot of news. <laughs> With that said, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Buckets. All right, well, let's start off with this. Today is Kobe Bryant's birthday. He would have been 44 years old today. What is your favorite memory, Arash, of Kobe uh, or moment, yeah. moment or memory? You know, I mean, because I was so blessed to be to be in a position to cover him for the majority of his career. I was working at Slam Magazine at the beginning of his time. Um, when I was at USC, I was doing stuff for Slam on the side. And so this was back when they, it was Shaq and Kobe. And then I really covered him more when it was Kobe Powell. And so to see his development and to see how he grew and to really be be in a position to get to know him and cover him you know as he transitioned post-career into being a father and a husband and again the story that i always go back to is being with him before the first game of the 2019-2020 season and we knew at that point the lakers were going to be favorites the clippers were going to be favorites and to talk to him about the relationship he had with Gigi, what he was doing and really why he wasn't at more games he wanted to be with his family he said listen i've been playing this game for 20 years this is the time in my life where it's about my kids and so for it to be taken away from him so soon was so sad but i but on a day like this and really it's back-to-back days today's his birthday today is again today is his birthday tomorrow is is um hey 24 kobe day in los angeles so um it's a fun time to kind of think back to what he meant to los angeles yeah i think 
being an outsider, being from the Midwest and then moving here, my first memories of Kobe was as an enemy. I didn't really oh, yeah. enjoy the Lakers because I wasn't from this area. But growing up playing basketball watching basketball it was hard not to be a huge fan of his yeah. and i will always say that that man is the most disrespected basketball player post career yeah. that i can even think of because it was in the moment watching kobe bryant play basketball he was the most feared athlete on and off the court just his persona there were so many moments when he struck the fear of god into the opponent's eyes yeah. and and then post career it's almost as if people had short-term memory the the moments and memories of his i mean they're they're endless from the 60 point final game to all the championships he won my favorite thing about kobe was how he instilled his personality into his teammates especially in that second championship run yeah. how pow kind of went from being a an afterthought all-star in memphis to all mm -hmm. of a sudden he has that championship swagger and dna lamar sasha farmar all those guys i look at it as they were kind of built by kobe in terms yeah. of their their id as a as a human being and not only those people but all the people that he touched with with his quotes about life and and the meaning of perseverance and resilience and all those things there will never be somebody like Kobe Bryant. As much as people will try, he was a one of one. Yeah, I mean, the amazing thing is Powell was really the perfect player for him in terms of being that that two guy. I think, you know, when, when uh, Shaq got traded and Phil left, really Kobe wanted to prove that he could win by himself and he realized that he could not. So Phil comes back, but at that time, it still wasn't a, a championship team. They had made that trade with the Heat, for Shaq, they got Lamar, they got Crom Butler. I mean, it was a a good first round team, but it wasn't a championship team. They got bounced in the first round, the back to back years. The trade for Powell it was really the perfect complement to Kobe, and Kobe knew at that point in time that this was a championship team. Again, the maturation of Lamar of Andrew Bynum. Again, people forget about him just because I mean he had such such a short career. Uh, fantastic big for that team um, yeah I mean it, again when you look at it on paper it doesn't look like one of the all-time great teams but that team that won a championship um, against the Orlando Magic and then came back against the, against the Celtics a great team I completely forgot about the Andrew Bynum yeah story. I mean I he's mean, still kind of young I mean he's not but you know <laughs> he just just such a short career and it was literally we just said it because of Kobe and yeah. as soon as he left the Lakers what He's happened gone. to his yeah. career so many guys like that came around during that Lakers tenure with with Kobe and I just think that this generation that we're seeing now all of the 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 impact that Kobe had is on these younger athletes the the Mamba mentality the DNA and it's something that will never really go away which is which is awesome to yeah. see so um R.I.P. Kobe, as always. Getting into more recent news, this morning, Brooklyn Nets general manager Sean Marks released a statement today saying that he, Steve Nash, and Joe Tsai met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles, and they have agreed to move forward with their partnership. 
Do you believe all the drama is really behind them in Brooklyn after what Durant said? And do you think that the Nets can still win a championship with KD and Kyrie? This is very I mean, for, but, but you know when you when you said Nets GM, I was like Nets GM, K, K, you know KD Kevin Durant. <laughs> like I, I I wasn't quite sure. Listen, this is such a fascinating story. I think at the end of the day, what has happened here is that the Nets have effectively told KD, you have four years left on your deal. We're not trading you for, you know, a few draft picks or players. You're not putting us in that position. Um, We are going to continue. Steve Nash is going to be the head coach. Sean Marks will be the GM, and and we'll, we'll see how this all plays out. My view is this is not done. It's done for today. I think it's very telling that the statement came from Sean Marks. The statement came from the Brooklyn Nets. I would have liked to have heard from KD. At some point, I would love to hear from KD in terms of what his thought process is, in terms of uh, why he said or leaked what he did. At the end of the day, I don't think he's happy there. Um, By the way, so we, we... didn't see them for a full season, but we've seen KD and we've seen Kyrie. It's not a championship team. I do think that they are two of the best players in the league. Sometimes, for whatever reason, fits don't happen, and and they could totally prove me wrong this year. But I, I my 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 viewpoint is that KD doesn't want to be there. Kyrie, if you, I don't even know what Kyrie, Kyrie wants to do, but this is not. A championship team. I have a lot of thoughts about yeah. this this topic right here. First of all, you mentioned that it was released by the Brooklyn Nets, which was very interesting that they literally put it out on their public Twitter account. Yeah. Now, yes, it wasn't from Durant, but they I don't know if you saw that they had the boardroom KDs. Oh, very true. They okay. had it as like the uh, watermark. So I think it was more of a mutual thing. Yeah. But the other thing is that everybody's saying this is complete speculation on my part, but you just said what's going to happen when training camp comes around all the talk today was kevin durant is running it back with the brooklyn nets kevin durant is running it back i didn't see them like you know put the emphasis on kyrie irving and that doesn't mean sham said the other day sham strania said the other day that kyrie's staying that he's always quote unquote wanted to stay in brooklyn since he opted into his player option but i mean the Kyrie situation to me is is the one that's going to be ongoing for the majority of training camp and into the season because it's just still so much flux and uncertainty with what he did last season and then you have the uncertainty with Sean Marks and, and uh, Steve Nash and now you just want to go into the season and act like it's all kumbaya. I just don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe that it's going to be. Now in terms of championship contender, Shout out to Brandon Deutsch. Their defense has to be at a top 10 level. That's the key, right? And they don't really have, when we think about their roster just on paper, who is going to, like, protect the rim for them? They don't have that guy. Like, Ben Simmons is probably going to be playing a lot of center for them. They're going to be a small team. And what will he look like? I mean, I'm very curious to figure out after a year plus. I mean, is he going to just pick up where he left off? Where Again, he wasn't. A superstar yet I mean he was going that direction but then just fell off and we talked about this yesterday how he was supposed to be cleared for game four That's of right. the first round series yeah. and then yesterday's or two days ago's article by Sham saying he just got cleared for three-on-three <laughs> basketball three activities three. and they made it seem like that was like oh okay he's, he's on, on track, track. <laughs> it's like what <laughs> he's supposed to be like 
in the Rico Hines. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Pro-Am runs that they do. We're supposed to be seeing him in all of those, shooting three-pointers, getting excited for no reason again, but he's not even cleared yet for five-on-five. I don't know what what the situation is with him, but okay, where would you put them in terms of... I don't think you have them at Milwaukee, Boston, right? Miami? Yeah, I I guess my thing is I still put a lot of emphasis on if you have a top five player and if you have two of the top 15 players, I'm still going to say they're like in the top five. You know, and and again, that's probably too high because of what happened a year ago. And then again, the wild card that is Kyrie. Yes, you know, like if he's healthy, if if he plays the full season but like when was the last time he didn't create drama like when was the last time like things were totally fine with him I, I you just have to expect at some point Kyrie will do something does the contract year him being in a contract year do it anything should, for you it should but I, I don't know if he cares about that <laughs> I really don't know that's why when there was that report briefly that said he may turn out all the money take a you know a, what, what was it a three million six million I mean yeah. just a fraction of what he's gonna get in Brooklyn and, and say hey listen I, I I follow my own path I'm I'm Kyrie and I'm gonna go to the Lakers I mean I'm like no one would do that Kyrie's the one guy that could potentially do that so I just want to know where your head's at with the Nets because I look at okay if Boston and Milwaukee are the top Stop let's two. say Philly is like three, right there, four. three four who would win in a series right now for you between Harden Sixers and Durant's Nets because I think that's like... That's- yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with the Sixers only because of... Again, really, last season affected how we view, again, the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, if both of those teams run it back and they won't effectively, it's a little bit different. But they both have a big three. And we really viewed those as the clear-cut co-favorites a year ago. And now, the Nets are kind of still up there. You go to Vegas, and as long as they have KD and as long as they have Kyrie, they're viewed as as a top-five team. Whereas, of course, the Lakers with LeBron and AD and Russell Westbrook, I mean, they're they're just barely a playoff team. But to your point, I would pick the Sixers. Okay. I think it's really close, and... Well, the thing is with the Sixers, you had all this talk about James Harden taking a pay cut. I just can't get the memory out of my head about how they lost in the playoffs. But that's that's my thing is if you lose embarrassingly in a in a closeout game, I can never forget that. It's just something that I can't. I can't unsee it, exactly. you know? Yeah. Speaking of unsee, I can't unsee last year's Lakers. And <laughs> now, who knows what's going to happen. But Mark Stein is reporting that the Lakers are seriously considering signing Dennis Schroeder. And they have had internal discussions about Montrez Harrell as well. Run it all back, huh? Yeah. Both players finished one and in six-man-of-the-year voting before signing with the Lakers two years ago. Both are currently remaining unsigned. Could one or both of them help the Lakers out this season? Schroeder is the most likely. I would imagine that if, you know, you're talking about either Russell Westbrook gets dealt or something happens at that point. I mean, this is a very fascinating story because the dominoes, if you remember, for the Lakers' pursuit of Russell Westbrook began when Schroeder did not accept the contract offer from the Lakers. I forgot the number, but it was a massive deal. Million. 
And geez, Louise, I mean, what he signed with the Celtics for like none. And now, he's not currently with the team. Yeah. We're about to go into September. We're about to go into training camp. Um, a minimum deal? I mean, again, he's still a very good player. And again, if you're getting him on a minimum, what a fantastic deal that is. And I will say this, and this is not a hot take. That team with Schroeder, the year after they won the championship, if if that team is healthy, that team will repeat or at the very least play in the finals. That team, when LeBron goes down and it was in mid-March or late March, I forget exactly when, they were with the Jazz, the best team, you know, like in the West. So it wasn't like, you know, they, they, they hit some kind of a wall. And that's why I will never get taking a sledgehammer to what was effectively the best team in the league. They were just hurt. And it was the shortest offseason in professional sports history. It was crazy. And they, they basically didn't give a darn about these guys. They said, listen, at some point, we got to bring the schedule back to normal. So no one that, that, that no one that I talked to that is in the medical field said if, if you played in either the finals or the conference finals in Florida, you, you don't have a chance this upcoming season because you need a full off season to recover. And so um, it is really uh, I, I still can't believe to this day that they broke up that team. But so that's why a long story short, I would love this. I would love if Schroeder came back. My whole thing with Schroeder was that he was actually really good for them in the regular season. And then you mentioned it, Arash, LeBron gets hurt late in the season. And then Davis gets hurt in the playoff series against Phoenix. And that put Schroeder in an awkward situation where he was comfortable being the third guy. But now when you're asking him to be the second guy, the fans freaked out like, oh, he's not good. It's like, no, he's being asked to do too much. And then... He looks bad in that role, but in the role that he was in for the majority of the regular season, he was a great fit. And then they they took a sledgehammer to it and blew it all up. If they can get him on a minimum deal, that's a great get by Rob Palenka and uh, the front office. I just wonder what that means for Westbrook. And I think we all are now curious. The Indiana thing, the Utah, can they help out with the Donovan Mitchell three-team trade? But now... With the Durant news, I think we're going to speed up this process and yeah. find out what they really think of Westbrook because they have no choice now. But when you look at the Lakers roster and you factor in no Kyrie Irving, I'm sorry. I think that this team is is not good at all. No. Like, at all. I mean, they could be I mean, could be a playoff team. This is such a low bar for a team with two of the best players in the league. But, I mean, like, is there a scenario where they do make the playoffs and they make some noise in the first round or are they just not because the team a year ago was so bad i i I would hate to think it's a repeat of that team it all i mean of course there's a chance when you have lebron james and anthony davis there's always a chance they're saying now i I saw a report that just came out that austin reeves is penciled in as a starter i think a lot of their success this season or lack thereof will be based on his internal development but again when we look at this lakers team People are assuming that they are going to be equal to last year or better. And in in theory, they sh- it's hard to be worse than healthy, 33 wins. If they're healthy, they certainly will be. I mean, I, I guess that's my biggest thing. It's not like these guys played a full season. 
If Anthony Davis is back, this is not a 33-win team. If he's healthy a year ago, I'm not saying that they're a championship contending team. They are a playoff team. Maybe they don't get out of the first round. But the idea that two of the top 10 players in the league can't combine to be a playoff team. The other problem is is that um, the, 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 the supporting cast was so bad. I mean, the, the majority of these guys aren't even in the league anymore. Here's the thing that I have to say about the supporting yeah. cast. Who was their third best player last year? I mean, <laughs> so if it's not Russell, what was it like uh, Austin Reeves? No. I think it was Malik Monk, right? Malik Monk, yeah. And if Malik Monk is gone and the supporting <laughs> cast is already really bad, yeah. how much worse is it going to get? Because you're replacing him with other guys that are basically on minimum contracts and to stuff like that. To our friend Brandon Deutsch's point, if they are a better defensive team. Yeah. Well, let's just say that they're healthier and they actually care on defense. Let's just say they're the 12th best defense. So they're uh, they're not the best, but they're not bad. Can they win? I think that if they are a top 12 defense, they are, the, <laughs> drum roll please, a play-in team still. Wow. I, so, because so, yeah. the West is so loaded. The West is loaded. That's And that's the issue. And a lot of those teams are improving and they're young. Man. All right, let's uh, leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Dave Smith. When we come back here on the Mighty or 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty or 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1. And 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details. And here he is, the sports god himself, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? Hey, Rosh, what's up? Not much, uh, Dave. Okay, so KD goes on, you know, basically says he wants to be traded, and then he's not traded, so then he says, well, well, listen, I'll come back if you fire the head coach, Steve Nash, you fire the GM, Sean Marks. The Brooklyn Nets put out a statement today saying uh, that, listen, Steve Nash, Sean Marks, Joe Sy, they came out to Los Angeles to go see KD, and now they're all on the same page, Dave. You know, it's all going to be okay. They are moving forward. I don't 
buy it? I, I don't know how that's possible. We still have not heard from KD. Your thoughts on this, Dave? Well, I think it's uh, it's about time that an NBA player didn't get his way here. Maybe an organization stood up to him a little bit and didn't cave when he demanded a trade with years left on his contract. And, you know, the fact is that nobody was willing to give the Nets what they wanted for, for Kevin Durant, and he had no leverage with four years left on his deal. So he's just going to have to uh, he's just going to have to play for the Nets. This is what we thought was going to happen all along. So. I think I think it's a good thing that um, finally somebody with years left in his contract didn't get his way here. You look at the the Anthony Davis situation with the Pelicans and James Harden when it, when he got traded, and uh, organizations tend to cave in and trade somebody where they want to go. So uh, I like it. Alas, uh, what leverage did he have uh, well, with, that, with four yeah. years left in his deal? I mean, Dave. I mean that that's the thing. I mean, if the if he's in a contract year, that that's one thing. I think that there's been a yeah. few players that we've seen maybe have two years left, four years, Dave. I mean, that's that that, 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 that there's no way that they were going to move him, and if they were, they, they were going to get you know you know seven first round picks or something crazy like that. Again, I've n- never heard of a player d- demand this with four years on his contract. It was it just did not make any sense. Um, Dave, for whatever reason, Hollywood is fascinated by the Showtime Laker, Dr. Buzz. Now we have Hulu's documentary. Um, it's not a show. It's, a, it's an actual documentary uh, about the Showtime Los Angeles Lakers, Jerry Buzz, that whole thing. Have you watched it? No, I haven't seen it. You know, I saw I saw the other one I saw on HBO, which uh, wasn't, as we know, Ross wasn't very kind to the great Jerry West. Yeah. But I haven't seen the Hulu yet. Is that the, Have you watched any of it, Ross? How is it compared to the, uh, to, to the HBO series? So I have, and the unique thing about the Hulu documentary is that they got the entire Buzz family to participate. So you hear from Jeannie Buzz, Jim Buzz, Johnny Buzz, Janie Buzz, the whole Buzz family. Um, so it's a unique look at... Um, you know his, you know how 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 he bought the team and and really put together one of the best teams in sports history. But it's kind of interesting, Dave. I mean, listen, you know, we grew up in this time period. We watched that team, but it's kind of interesting that again you have the television show or the the show that that came out, and then now this doc. It's like. You know, like there's this, there's the fascination with Dr. Bus. Yep. Yeah, but uh, it's he, he is one of the most interesting characters in sports history. When you look at uh, what he did with the Lakers and how he kind of revolutionized the NBA by putting the cheerleaders in and the music and putting the entertainment factor in, and uh, you know, and he also inherited a very good situation, uh, Arash. And I think uh, I'm wondering. I, I we've talked about this before. Uh, Bill Sharman gives absolutely zero credit, and yes. he's the architect. He's the one who put together the Showtime Lakers. Jerry West gets all the credit for it, but it was Bill Sharman who made the trade to get Kareem. It was Bill Sharman who made the trade to get uh, Magic Johnson. It was Bill Sharman who made the deal to get James Worthy. I mean, he made some of the great moves in the history of the franchise. He's as important as anybody. And by the way, as a coach in 72, he brought Los Angeles uh, the Lakers' first world championship, and yet no credit. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable how he's ignored by the organization and doesn't get the credit he deserves. And his banner's not not up there in the rafters, Arash. He's a Hall of Famer as a player and a coach, and yet no Bill Sharman banner in the rafters. It's a disgrace. David, it does make no sense of, you know, I mean, first of all, they've, they've, they, they really need to do something for their Hall of Fame coaches. 
Pat Riley, Phil Jackson, Bill Sharman, John Kunla. They really need to do something to say, hey, listen, we have great coaches here. But the Bill Sharman disrespect is incredible. There should be a statue in front of Staples Center for Bill Sharman. Again, not just what he did as a championship head coach, the coach of the first championship team here, but as a GM, again, uh, you know, no disrespect to Jerry West. He has a statue out there. So, you, you know, yeah. give credit where, where where credit is due. It always infuriates me when I see all these lazy reporters and, and I read articles that Jerry West built the Showtime Lakers. No, he didn't. You know, it's taken nothing away from maybe the greatest Laker of all time when he combined his executive career with his playing career. And he did build the Shaq Kobe Lakers and did a great job there, but well, Bill Sherman, and by the way, Ross, as you know, he's from L.A. and he went to USC, too. Yeah. And I, the only thing I can think of is maybe that he was a Boston Celtic and won all those championships uh, with the Celtics beating the Lakers back in the 60s. And, and I, I remember when the Lakers won in 72, Red Arback was asked about that championship, and he said, well, it took a Celtic for the Lakers to finally win a championship because uh, Bill, Bill Sharman was the coach and Casey Jones was his assistant. And I think that sticks in the craw of the Lakers to this day. Yeah, Dave, on the topic of the Lakers, more current Lakers, it sounds like this whole summer has been surrounded with the Kyrie Irving situation. And now that it sounds like Kyrie is not going anywhere, the Lakers are more than likely going to look to move Russell Westbrook elsewhere. I want to ask you, Dave, what is the best-case scenario for this Laker team this season, and what is the worst-case scenario, considering the fact that they won 33 games last season? Well, that's a good question. I think they got a little better and a little younger in the offseason, but still not good enough to win an NBA championship. The best-case scenario is somehow finding a taker for Russell Westbrook and, and getting a better fit for um, for the team to play alongside LeBron James. and That's not going to be easy. Are you willing to give up one or maybe both of those first-round draft picks? Uh, maybe for a Kyrie Irving, but I don't know. For a Buddy Heald, uh, uh, Miles Turner, do you go uh, do, do you go that much uh, via trade? And uh, Well, I think Heald's a pretty good fit with LeBron in the backcourt. Certainly, he's not the caliber of a Kyrie Irving. I agree with that, Dave. <clears throat> Let's assume that they did do that Indiana trade. What would that team ceiling be to you with Heald and Turner? Well, certainly championship contenders, I think, uh, depending, now, depending on how much they have to give up for them. Um, but, you know, and even if you do give up those first, those two first round picks, that's what, five and seven years away, that's not going to concern the Lakers probably too much this year. But I mean, absolutely championship contenders, uh, assuming AD stays healthy, which he won't, as we all know, but you know, Miles Turner's a pretty good player, and Buddy Heald is a really good fit, I think, in the backcourt with LeBron as well. So definitely championship contenders. Uh, is that team good enough to get over the top and win a championship? Uh, I don't think so. I don't want to be all doom and gloom here, Dave, but considering 33 wins, you just mentioned the unreliable health of Anthony Davis. Is there any scenario that you see that the Lakers win less than 33 games that they won last season? Uh, yeah, if AD gets hurt again, and uh, God forbid if LeBron goes down with an injury, yes. Uh, but uh, LeBron is so great, and he was still at the peak of his performance last year. Uh, but if AD, if AD can stay relatively healthy, they're going to win more than 33 games this year. And how good and how good a fit will Westbrook be? You know, when, 
Well, you know, he doesn't want to be there and the Lakers don't want him. How much of a distraction is that going to be and how bad is that going to be in the locker room with Westbrook around? Well, that's the biggest problem. I mean, I mean, it was so clear when those two guys went to Las Vegas for the NBA Summer League. I mean, the fact that they couldn't even, like, look at each other or shake hands or do anything. I mean, they were both sitting on the court. Uh, Dave, Nick Saban signing a contract extension through 2030. And this is why I am really excited that some of these players will get paid. And, and, and Because when you see his contract, Dave... He's making about $12 million per season. By the way, totally d- deserves it. I mean, the, 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 they are c- constantly one of the top two, three teams in the country. Your thoughts on these contracts? I mean, it used to be years ago, Dave, you know, if you're a college coach, you know, your hope one day if things work out, you go coach in the pros. These college coaches are signing $100 million contracts now. Yeah, I guess more power to him. Uh, make as much money as you can. And if anybody's worth it, it would be a guy like Nick Saban, who's arguably the greatest coach in the history of college football. It's just amazing. Uh, doesn't matter how many players Alabama loses the NFL every year. They're still, they're still the favorites to win the national championship the next year. And boy, when you consider the fact that, um, the cost of living in Alabama, Arash, at 12 million is a lot different than if you're living in a major city. That, and he makes a lot more than 12 with his dealings exactly. with the alums and his outside stuff and his sponsorships. And, and also didn't, Arash, a couple of years ago, didn't they arrange his contract where he doesn't have to pay any taxes? <laughs> uh, the, the boosters took care of that as well. So that, that's a sweet deal. Yeah. Wouldn't, would not shock me. I mean, but, but, but you know, this, you know, now everything is on the the up and up, Dave, because if for the longest time, you know, if you were a booster, yep. you would find a way to, like, drop off a, you know, a, um, a um, envelope of cash. Now you have these consortiums. You have, you know, my car dealerships. Can, I mean, there are, uh, you know, Texas football players, Dave, who will be driving around this season in Ferraris and Lamborghinis, and you don't have to wonder where they got it from. They have a Hard the dealership deal. Uh, listen, this has been happening for years, so no problem. And by the way, like as a USC fan, I love it because USC has a bunch of boosters who want to say, hey, listen, you know, we want you to come to USC. Here's a deal. Here's a private plane deal. Here's a Lamborghini deal. I mean, Dave, at the end of the day, this stuff was going to happen regardless. At least it's above board now. Exactly. That's a good point, Ross. So you, the days of the $100 handshake and the uh, and the illegal stuff behind the scenes going on are all hopefully over now. So, yeah, it's above board now. And these players should have been getting paid all along anyway. So uh, I, I love it. The player with all the money these universities make and the television contracts and the huge – by the way, the Big Ten signed just a – what was it, a $170 oh, yeah. million dollar contract? Uh, it's just – it's unbelievable. And by the way, my Oregon Ducks, their representatives were in Chicago yesterday, Arash, uh, negotiating to get into the Big Ten as well. So more <laughs> problems for the Pac-12. Dave, going back to the Lakers really quickly, uh, this just came out per Shams Charania on Pat McAfee's show. He said that keep an eye on Patrick Beverly and Boyan Bogdanovich as two potential trade targets for the Lakers. Now, I know we just talked about Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Okay, those two names are now floated out there as well, Beverly and Bogdanovich. Does that move the needle at all for you, Dave, or what does that do if they do pull that um, off? I like both those guys. Patrick Beverly is the guy who, who defends and has that edge yeah. to him, and he's the type of guy that you love him if he's on your team and you hate him if he's on the other team. And the way Bogdanovich can shoot, uh, that's what the Lakers need around, around LeBron. So 
I, but I don't know. Does that move the needle at all? I, I think that makes him a little bit better, but I, I don't think that in, in any way gets him closer to winning a world championship. Uh, Dave, today, what do you give yeah. up for those two guys? No, exactly. What what would that trade even look like? So I'm, I'm assuming curious. that that would be part of the Donovan Mitchell three team trade oh, with the Lakers basically sending. I mean, I would be shocked if that's both of the first round picks. It's going to be no, one, yeah. but one. two would be ridiculous for for no, Emily not, and not for that package. I mean, I don't think for that package. And you would. can't do that at this point. You can't. No. The only justifiable reason to give up both was Kyrie, and yeah. that was still like, you know, that the future is going to be kind of screwed up. But it's Kyrie. Yeah, this is like you. It's kind of indefensible if they trade two in any other scenario. Yeah. And the Lakers wouldn't give up those picks for Kyrie, so why would they do it here? Oh, exactly. Uh, Dave, today is Kobe's birthday. Tomorrow's Kobe Day here in Los Angeles. You were on the air. Again, remember, Dave, you were covering the first finals that he won with Shaq. You were um, on the road. You were there. Uh, So many great moments. Is there one that sticks out? You know, I think it's um, uh, when the Lakers drafted him, he was 17 years old, and, and he was getting ready to play in the summer league at, at the Long Beach Pyramid. Remember, remember, he went he went and played a pickup game at Venice Beach right after the draft and uh, went up and tried to dunk and got, uh, got low bridge and broke his, I think, his That's wrist right. Yeah. right after he got drafted. So, uh, however, I, I'm at the Pyramid covering the Lakers summer league. He's a 17-year-old kid. He's sitting by himself up there in the stands, like about 10 rows up. So I just walked over there with a tape recorder and, hey, can I do a new? Yeah, sure, man, go ahead. So we, we did about a 15-minute interview that I ran on the air. I might have been the first reporter to, to interview him in, in Los Angeles. And he was such a nice, down-to-earth, smart kid. I, I was so impressed at, uh, you know, how educated and how smart he was and uh, how, uh, you know, the, the way he carried himself for such a young kid. And I was comparing myself at 17 to him. It was laughable. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dave, uh, our last few minutes with you. The Times just recently did a story about sports talk in Los Angeles and how it rates and how it connects with fans and how it's not quite the same as it is in New York, Boston. You've been doing this for a long time, Dave, even during a time period where there was no, I mean, people can't believe it now, but Dave, there was a time period and, you know, not that long ago where there was no sports talk here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Your thoughts on that and how the me- how the medium has uh, changed? Yeah, boy, that's interesting. Um, you know, it, it, it's funny now when I got started, you can get a lot. Of, you can get away with a lot more on there, as you know, Arash, with the old Sports God show, oh, yeah. K-Max. So that, that there's no that we had been off the air on the first hour <laughs> that, that we were on the air back then. And we lasted two or three years, so you get away with a lot. I think it was a lot more fun back then. Yeah. Uh, you can get away with a lot more. You could do a lot more bits and entertaining things, and and um, you know, and, and as you know, Ross, on the East Coast, it's more combat radio. If you listen to yeah. New York and Philadelphia, and uh, it's it, it's really soft out here. The sports talk compared to what goes on on the East Coast, but. I don't know. Um, I'm not crazy about the caliber of, uh, you know, no offense to you, of course, Arasa, you lead the way here. But <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the medium here, uh, I think it's about a, at the lowest point it's ever been. It's not as fun as it used to be. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 maybe I'm just getting to be an old man, Arasa, but I don't think it's anywhere near as good or as fun as it used to be. Well, because, Dave, what it misses is the personalities. And the, the reason that I got hooked yes. onto your show is that there was no connection. Like, I didn't feel that I was watching a, com- a company, a sponsored show. And I think what you have here right now in the markets, but just speaking in 
Los Angeles, and I know on 1090 we're on the air in San Diego and Santa Barbara and all over, but in Los Angeles in particular, it's like if you're listening to 710, it's the home of the Lakers, it's the home of the Rams. If you're listening to 570, it's the home of the Dodgers. And so you can't rock the boat. And the beautiful thing about the reason that I got hooked on your show, you and Joey, I just felt like, oh man, like what, you know, what will they say next? You know, so yeah. it's just, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Remember the final show? We went off the air that night, Rosh. I, I hope those tapes don't exist if I ever want to work again. <laughs> but that, that was the wildest show. That was the wildest show in the history of radio. But that was the beauty of it because even and again, you have to realize it's like as a young kid, uh, this is something that they did, you know, back in the day. But I would come home and I would turn on, you know, the you guys just show. And again, it was what are they going to say next? Because if if your show is just regurgitating what's on the air and Dave, even the show that you you had and, and hopefully we uh, we can talk to you back on the, the the show but you know talking about what's happening in china and what's talking about what's happening with the with the live golf tournament you like yeah. always said things and pushed the envelope um you know yeah that's what i i thought sports talk was so boring i, I remember when i used to listen to sports talk before i got into the business and i said these guys suck i mean these, I, could, <laughs> I could do i could do better than this tomorrow with no training get out of there. that's why I, that inspired me to get started in the first place so i just i wanted to push the envelope and do a comedy you know um fun type type sports where you get away from sports a little bit and tell jokes and push the envelope and be a little risque and uh, nobody had ever tried that before so it was a Proud of the fact that we we revolutionized uh, transforming sports talk into a you know a Howard Stern type fun type um, uh, show that was sports related. Yeah, and uh, I think it definitely had like an effect on me, and and it had an effect on so many people. And the best thing, Dave, real quick, was that at the beginning when I began to work with you guys, that at that point you were on Kiss FM, so it was a thrill for me to get to go to where uh, you know that that show is and so uh uh you know the first yeah. time i heard about the show you guys were at the fallbrook mall atop um hot dog right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but now to be on you know to, to to kind of drive to where kiss was work the first ever like wango tango that was a ton yeah. Of, uh, yeah wow you know it's funny people back then would say man you guys are wild you got our control how do you get away with it you know the kiss <laughs> uh, the kiss show and all that and i said but you, you have no idea. I mean, oh you should have heard the K-Mac show. You, you, oh. you, you think this is wild? Wow, that that was the show <laughs> that I fell in love By with. By the way, Ross, yeah. I, I have all the cassette tapes. Well, we, we got to do that shows. one of these days. We got to do that, like uh, the best of. <laughs> I, I had to sell it. I wonder how much I could get selling those from, from the old days. Awesome. Dave, you're the best. Let's do it again next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on a blind to a broken man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube.